Gaming on the Frontier. This is Trav. This is Jonathan. And this is Blix. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about what happens for all those other interdimensional explorers who aren't from Earth Prime. Maybe they're neighbors. Maybe they're farther away. And we're not just talking about fringe gypsies. Although we might mention them. All right. So when you say they're not from Earth Prime, okay, are they in the Commonwealth or are they somewhere else? Well, that's something we can discuss because... What got this topic started in my head was I'm currently working on my Fringeworthy campaign, and I wanted to have that moment of rediscovery, but in a twist, not having the full support of the world's governments and scientific experts helping you. So for my campaign, it's a small tech company that has discovered the fringe paths, and they are very secretly hiring the few Fringeworthy they can find to explore the fringe paths and figure out how it's working. And they have their own agenda, which comes up later in the campaign. But that's why I wanted to talk about this topic. I wanted to get ideas for a new group of explorers who have no connection to IDET, no idea what's going on. They might eventually discover IDET, but at least at the start, they are fresh and we do not have the UN backing them. I mean, honestly, there's a there are a ton of powers that would be handy on the French path, like super handy. Like flight would be amazing to have. Sure. Until yeah. you run into something coming out of the portal. Boom! Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sooner or later, you're going to come out of the portal and just face plant into something. All right, right. So. Well, I'm just thinking, like, you get to a world, and again, Bruce, getting back to the, uh, the you know, the whole recon, right? You get to a world, you're like, all right, let me go see what's out here, and you fly up and you look around. Yep. Um, yep. You That's... know, like, I'm thinking, like, like, even crazy stuff, like, so you got Mr. Fantastic, right, his stretching ability. Uh-huh. I could see where that would be super handy on the French path. Well, because you could sit there, uh, you know, go on a world and secretly stretch and swipe a wallet. You got an I, you know, an ID. You got local currency. You got other things, or you well, pick a pocket of something you need. Yeah, elasticity or, would be a cool. Power. Think about this, Trav. Somebody gets knocked off the platform and they're floating out. Yeah, yeah. Just grab them. Yep. What yeah. was that? What was that item from one of the Infinite Crossroads where the, they had the 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 camera at the end of the bungee? Right, the bungee camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You fling it through, and as long as it's moving through the portal overall, any part of it can come back and forth. As long as the the center mass is slowly moving through the portal, eventually it has to all go through. But it can come back and forth as much as it wants while it's doing that. Right. I mean, you know, but you actually can bring it, it could actually come out. You, know, you could throw it and, you know, the cable is more weight than the actual camera, but it stretches out. It comes back. The camera goes through. You grab the camera, you detach it and let the rest of it go through. So there's mm -hmm. nothing about the system that says that can't happen, you right. know, because it, it, it makes sense to, that it would be able to. And and nowadays, I mean, you could use like you could use those 360 cameras. Like, I mean, I know you'd have to get a mechanical one, but you could build it, um, build a mechanical like camera that that takes you know pictures in a in a 360 like sphere, mm -hmm. so that you don't have to worry about the facing. You toss it through, and so what if it flips around and stuff? You know, you, you could have you could have uh, uh, you know the ability to have like a gyroscope in it or something like that, to where it, it uh, it's always facing you know straight ahead. Yeah, we used to uh, just put them on a turntable, just put a bunch of cameras, and we mm -hmm. just rotate, rotate. As the turntable was going through, we just rotate it, and then right. you know, as uh, when uh, after they went a full revolution, we just started snatching the cameras off of the turntable. The turntable goes through. We have the cameras, and then we just nice. go and and develop the film. Nice. So yeah, but anyways, that's uh, uh, let's let's get back to our topic. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. What, <laughs> what's what's next, Jonathan? So. The other idea I've I've been curious about, and again, it's kind of based off of the background from my campaign, was 
exploring to find a new home, like or the Battlestar Galactica campaign, where you're you're fringeworthy, your home is gone. It is it's nuked itself to oblivion. The Melor have come in in force. Maybe even the Coptics, maybe some other force has come and your world is no longer viable for you. Where do you set up shop? And maybe to make it even that extra bit more um, pressing is maybe you're five of a whole group of refugees. Maybe it's not just the five or six of the players, but they've also got a group of refugees that they're taking care of. Uh, The first thing that comes to my mind to kind of set this up is maybe... Somehow on your world, you found a, an active fringe train on on the world, and you managed to get it through the portal going at, you know, almost 300 miles per hour to make everyone on the train fringeworthy. And now you've got all your loved ones and family and the last survivors of your world stuck on this fringe train with you, and you're trying to find a new home. And of course, if you're on a fringe train, every fringe pirate that catches whiff of you is going to be hunting you down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I would say, I mean, just speaking in general, you know, that it because we um, we have an earlier podcast where we talked about, you know, what if Earth is gone, you know, and things mm-hmm. like that for some reason, where where would you go? And we did talk about what you know would you know uh, would the other members of the fringe uh, Commonwealth take them in? But we're you're basically saying is that you know for some reason you're. Your world is gone. I would say that I would be looking for a world that has at least the tech level that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I mean, the people that grew up in the 1500s, they were a lot, they would be a lot more accepting of a lot of uh, uh, deprivations than the yeah. people of the 20th century. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, bad, bad shoes. Bad health care, bad food, you know, lack bad of medicine. variety. Well, yeah. you know, what is medicine? As you know, right. what is that stuff? You know, uh, witchcraft. You know, getting getting. And they're like, oh my god, up. I've they've got I've got no bars here. Wait, my phone's entirely dead. Son of a. <laughs> yeah, but so you you know, modern day people they they're gonna want you know like flushing toilets. They're gonna want some yeah. level. They're gonna want water that doesn't give them dysentery. They're going to want uh, some means of communication with each other, uh, preferably some form of me- uh, mechanized transport, uh, whether it's horse-drawn or better, that get, basically can get you to a place you want to go to without it being you know, a month-long journey. Okay, so right. uh, maybe fruit in the winter time, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, things like fruit that. Fruit all <laughs> in the winter time, yeah. I mean, just anything, you know. Uh, I think that people would want at least a tech level of the kind they want. Now, they might want, uh, some people would say, well, yeah, but I, I would, more important to me would be, you know, the people of my same religious faith. But believe me, we've had enough scenarios where you go through, you think they're like, you know, you, you we found our, our, our people, we found our tribe, and then they find out, oh, wait a second. <laughs> they <laughs> have this extra rule or they are they they're they have a different slight interpretation about this mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. really makes a difference is oh, yeah. you know you know anything like you know women can't speak uh um you know anybody under the anybody under the age of 10 you know isn't a person and therefore can just be slain out of hand because they're not a person um the elderly are you know, once you start being able to work, they just basically leave you out on an ice flow. You know, mm-hmm. otherwise there's they, they could be nicer people. You know what I'm saying? You know, they'll welcome <laughs> you in, they'll give you food and shelter, you know, you can marry their their children, you know. I mean, nice, generous, nice, nice people, but then there's something about them that you're like, whoa. <laughs> and it could be a, something as simple as you, you know, like they consume their dead to honor them. Right. Yeah. Know? Right. I mean, and that's, that's yeah. something that's in our world. I mean, it, that's uh, what the Papua New Guineans, I think it was. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that was, that wasn't seen as a taboo. Remember, it was seen as a taboo to bury them. Like, why would you disrespect them in that way? Right. You know, and that, that's a, that's a pretty big difference. Right. And um, a brave new world where everybody is happy because they're all being chemically modified. 
Yep. And you are mm. expected to join in because we can't have un, you know people with unmodified uh, biological psychological systems just running around. Yeah, that's not it, that's not safe, Bruce. Yeah, it's it, it yeah. really and, and it being and, selfish. And nobody's yeah. really happy like that, anyways. They just think they are. Right. <laughs> you just want freedom. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. It's just something you want. It's an itch. Okay, you'll get over it. Well, that, I mean, think about it. Like, like it could very easily be turned. You could e- easily turn freedom into uh, selfishness, because like, oh, you just want those freedom. You know, you want those freedoms. You know, when they like like use hash hash marks like freedoms. You know, because you're selfish. Yeah. Like, wait, what? Boy, it's that like, sounds yeah, so yeah, you familiar. Just wanna... I don't know what that. Uh, how that would. How would I relate that in my daily life? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Think about all the other people you're inconveniencing with your free will yeah exactly right. well they there was um uh there was a novel called the god whale and at one point the main character due to uh uh an incident in his past basically got cut in half and was surgically saved but he was basically a half man uh and um and due to one thing or another he ended up in cryo storage and he wakes up and here's this girl you know, uh, there, and the first thing that happens, she start she she starts into this whole big spiel about how he should t- grab this bottle of of um, uh, uh, euthanizing drink and just you know st- you know uh, take care of business. You know, don't stop being a burden on society. You know, right. you know, you know, you're useless, pointless. You know, can't even you know reproduce and carry on the next generation. Just get it over with. You know, don't be selfish and all this stuff. And of course, he gets really mad and punches her out. And she's you know, and, and the and the the police come in or whatever. And she's saying, I don't know what happened. I was just giving standard you know uh, yep. uh, standard response number four fifty one. You know, as I've been properly trained. And he just goes ballistic. What the deal? You know, because apparently yep. this is the standard standard thing you're supposed to do when you find somebody like that you know <laughs> right. like you know they, they've had a terrible accident they're laying there and rather than using up you know uh you know civil resources by trying to keep them alive just drink the bottle yeah 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 you're a drain on society yeah right yeah and so you know all these people are you know, so you, i mean you could run run into something like that where you were like I, I thought these were good people. Well, they may very well be good people, but they've got this thing. <laughs> so. so, so Bruce, I'm gonna I'm gonna segue into if you if you guys don't mind, I mm-hmm. want to segue into to I had a thought when you were saying this. I was like I, I and I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I think that's a very your point is very valid. You know, people want to go where they could have a life that you know measures up to what they're used to. However, there's also the flip side of that is that there are people who are technologically advanced there and now you're going to have to fit in with them. Um, and, and maybe they don't want outsiders and maybe they don't like, it. it's very hard to, to hide from a modern society. Uh, to, it, it could be hard to, like you're saying, it could be hard to blend in. Maybe you want, you know, another way to look at it is maybe you want to go to a world that will suit all your people, but there are no people there. Like it's, it's the wild. Right. Because then you don't have anyone to compete against. You don't have other people to compete against. You don't have to worry about blending in. Right. Uh, but, but, you also but like don't, you also don't have a uh, uh, unless you have some really advanced stuff with you, you don't have the means of maintaining your tech level. Oh, I understand that. I understand that. You, you would. I'm just saying th- those are the two. Those are kind of two extreme sides of this, you know. You, or, I mean, another another option would be going into like the, the far future. But but I guess the point I'm trying to make is that. Um, if you went to a world that was fresh and clean and didn't have people in it or, or, or had primitive, very, very primitive people in it, um, you wouldn't have to worry about competing against them. But you're right. You do run into the thing. Like I know what a toaster is, but I can't make a toaster. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I know I was like, ah, I'm a modern man. I know all these things. It's like, okay, if you were put somewhere where none of that existed, could you make any of it? I'm like, no, I probably couldn't recreate any of it. Right. Like I don't know how radio works. I don't know how to make a radio. You know, so I, I, yeah, great. I know what a radio is, and how I know I know what you can do with it. Um, you know, I, I've used plenty of like you know high tech radios for work. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how any of them work though. I don't. I couldn't possibly begin to build one. Right. Uh, Adam Savage uh, was in a, a, a one of those post apocalyptic mo- movies, and 
uh, at w one point in the movie, there this person, I guess he's a uh, or she, I've forgotten who the the protagonist is, is going around interviewing these various uh, groups that are living in along the the coast of California, and she run, they run into him, and he's like, you know, he's in this workshop surrounded by all this stuff, and he says, the number one thing I'm trying to figure out is what level of technology can be maintained with, you know, with the resources that are available, because, you know, yeah, we've got, you know, uh, you know we, we've got bicycles, and we've got uh, walkie-talkies and things like that, but for how long? We, uh -huh. you know, can, can we get a forge going? Can we, you know, uh, are, you know, can we get a water pump going and keep it going? Not just yeah. this year, next year, but 50 years from now. And what, you know, what, what things need to be in place, you know, for us to be able to continue as a society, it's, you know, at what is some level of comfort, you know, and he's like, I don't know yet. I'm I'm afraid that it's going to be a lot lower than I'm I'm going to be comfortable living at. So, oh, it, Bruce, it's 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 actually I, uh, you know I'm going to look this up real quick, but and I'll get back to you all when I when I find it. But there's a book about what to do, how to like, what happens when the the end comes. Yeah, I think I saw and that. You, and you have it, to rebuild society, and it was going into like all the stuff that goes into the infrastructure that we don't think about, and yeah, most of the stuff would fall apart because like. You know where are you gonna where are you gonna get plastic from? To get plastic, you know you have to like get oil out of the ground and refine it, and you know and, and but 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 there's like a million things that go into building that refinery. Like where do you get the advanced materials that go into building the refinery? Yeah. I mean, how steel is steel is extremely hard to make. Um, you you have to get to fire to a certain temperature, uh, and you got to have. I mean, and you can't. There's nothing you can just burn to get that. You have to build a system. You have to build a a, a foundry to do that. Yeah. Right. And so you have to have. You have a. You need charcoal to do it. You can't just do it with wood. Um, and then you also have to have like a bellows system. And I mean, it's just it's just amazing how much stuff goes into like just the basics of being able to do any of this. And you know, computer. Oh my God! You couldn't build a computer. No. Where the hell would you get half the materials that would go into? I mean, you couldn't even get a tenth of the materials that goes into building a computer. I mean, the, the, I mean, what makes a computer really didn't exist before 1950. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It just and and, and, and a lot of that had to do with the infrastructure of being able to build the the, the modern materials. Well, it yeah. also had to do with the fact that we were trying to put stuff into space, and we had yeah. a reason to try to uh, miniaturize everything. If we hadn't been doing that, then computers would probably still be the size of rooms because oh, yeah, they yeah, already absolutely. had the technology to make them. Yeah, when when people talk about like what did what did NASA ever do? Well, we put all this money on NASA. Whatever do for us? It's like, well, you're probably typing uh, typing on your phone with it. You know, so yeah. just, you, you have your phone because of NASA. Otherwise, yeah. you would, your computer would be you wouldn't even have, probably wouldn't even have a computer because it would be that thing that that only rich people have at this point. Only governments had. Yeah, only governments exactly. Universities and yeah, yeah. We'd and still be at the beginning. We'd still be at the beginning stages of like DARPAnet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Every you know any any your home computer was actually would be like a, a dumb terminal attached to you know an account on a mainframe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So because that reminds me of like the Fallout universe, um, which is supposedly where you know it branched off in like the 1950s, and instead of pursuing. Uh, like transistor and microchip technology, they just went all in on atomics. And so when you play that game, you know, the games are usually set in like the 2200s or, you know, if you're playing it. 20, well, no, I'm like, well, you, I think you're right. I'm, th I'm thinking of like before the war, before the well, actual that's, fallout. That's 2077 is when the bombs drop. 20, 2077. And they're still in like the early stages of space flight. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, the computers... They never or, had a reason to go into space. Right, and the computers are still huge compared to they the smartphone that's the closest thing they have is the the Pip Boy which is the big bracelet on your arm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, it's it's so funny that that the Pip Boy is actually, you know, your smartphone is a much better version of the Pip Boy. So much so that they've added mods to the game so you can carry a phone around instead of a Pip Boy. Well, I remember when was it when Fallout Four released? You could get the Pip Boy app for your smartphone. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was, and it was just this. 
Why am I even bothering with this? Let me just let me just play the game. This this I don't see why anybody. Again, though, I come from a universe where there are smartphones. Right. So, well, smartphones only get smarter. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah no, I, I agree. Um, it's that that's one reason why, you know, if you wanted, you know, if you really wanted the, the ability to go anywhere and make sure your technology was with you, you'd have to have the ultra high level tech where you had maker boxes, where you mm. literally had the ability to not only produce any, you know, uh, any subatomic material, you know, by using nanotech or picotech, you know, and it, but it also had the ability to make more of its, more maker boxes so that it would be, you know, you'd never run out of maker boxes. They wouldn't wear out. They would just ah. reproduce just Ugh. like cows produce calves. Maker boxes would also have the ability to make more maker boxes as well as whatever thing it was that you were trying to program for it to do. Yeah, so portable nano factory. Right. Yeah. That's the only way that you could be comfortable wherever you went because then your technology would be small, easily, you know, easily carried uh, easily reproducible. You wouldn't require a huge industry, you know, to make steel. Okay, yeah. mining, yeah. transportation, refining, and all the things that go into making the different flavors of steel. Instead, you have a atomic assembler that basically makes a sheet of steel when you need it out of this um, out of out of the uh, ferrous elements that are in common rock. You just Put it into a hopper on one end, or maybe you have to grind it up to a certain extent. And then the nanites go out there and harvest it, bring it in, make it into whatever you need, and eject it out the other end. You know, uh, that was in Hardwire Hinterland. Basically, they had these things where you just pour sand through one side and, like, you know, steel bars fall out the other. Right. <laughs> hey, and just uh, hey, hey, real quick, I found it. It's called The Knowledge by Louis Dartnell. Okay. If so, all anyone who's listening to this, you know, is probably, you know, heavily involved in game, like, like at least running campaigns and stuff. And if you're listening to Fringeworthy episode, you probably, you know, are interested in Fringeworthy type stuff. And this is really good for world building, very good for alternate Earths with technology differences and stuff. Um, but it tells you, you know, it, it basically tells you, um, like how civilizations develop with the different technologies and what they need. And where things come from, like 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 wood, wood, people don't realize how essential wood is to societies. Like how many things it's used for, like wood actually leads to like ten different things that people use. It provides fertilizer, provides charcoal, it provides fuel and heat and building materials. And it's like basically when you run out of wood, if you're if you're a basic society and you run out of wood, you're done. Like you yeah. disappear. You know, Easter Island is a, is a prime example. They they were kind of a wood-based society in a lot of ways. And they used up all their wood, and that was pretty much, you know, that was pretty much the end of them. Um, but but for, re, for all kinds of reasons, I'm not going to go into it, but if, if you want to read the book, it's I mean, I'm telling you, it is super cool. And from a gamer and a, in a world-building type personality, like I am, like you all are, like most of our fans would be, uh, the Knowledge by Lewis Dartnell is a fantastic book. You should totally read that. I'm looking it up right now on my web. Hold on. I, I can't recommend it. I was in, like, I was literally glued to that. It was like a page turner. Like, I right. read that whole thing in like no time. Right. You know, and so, you know, you know, one possibility for a, for a new campaign is people coming from a, a much lower tech and, you know, they've had a disaster and they're, um, or, you know, from more recent tech, and they're going to another world, not because they want to, uh, and matter of fact, that's really the basis for the uh, Earth Prime uh, one, where, you know, we're, we have some catastrophes coming toward us, and we're trying to find technology that's going to allow us to survive it and even maintain our existing technology. So you're going out there to other worlds, hopefully finding ones where this disaster isn't impending, and they provide you with a source of technology uh, of products or whatever that you can bring back as in a conduit to Earth Prime or higher level tech that allow you to come back and replace, you know, provide a source of, like I say, these makers and things, a source of technology to whenever your, your uh, uh, 
your system lines, your uh, uh, your product lines and your resource lines and your train lines and whatever else all you know get cut by the impending disaster, you know they can make up for that. They you know they can provide the just in time materials you need in order to keep your civilization or just your just your, the lives of the people you care about going. You know, especially right. if not everybody's friendsworthy, and you you you're you're going out to bring back things that's going to keep people going. So you know that's that's you know you know exploring not on Earth sometimes could be literally just that saying, well, we're all on an island, and there's this portal here, and we got shipwrecked, and uh, some of us can go through it, and everybody well, else, is, you know, everybody else is like, well, you know, what are the rest of us going to do? Well, we could bring you back a boat, or we could bring <laughs> you back the materials you need in order to make a boat. Yeah. Or something else, or at least we can keep bringing you back food and medicine and things like that, you know, because maybe the island isn't very good, doesn't have a whole lot of uh, materials. There's a lot, there's a whole lot of islands that are out in the um, in the Pacific Ocean that the only reason we went to them is because they had a lot of fertilizer because birds came and just basically pooped all over them. Yeah. for thousands yeah. of years and it was thick and they would come out there with pickaxes and break it up put it on the ships and they would bring it back and they would use this mm -hmm. fertilizer because the east coast of our country went through some went through an over um over farming phase where they basically turned all the all the uh the land on the east coast bad uh and they needed more fertilizer and so this actually happened. It was one of the main reasons yeah. America became imperialistic, you know, was because of that. And a lot of those islands... Due to were, bird... Wait a minute. We became imperialistic basically because of bird poop. Yeah. No, no, we no. needed oh, bird yeah. poop. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is a real thing. We are thing. the poo empire, Trav. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and so, right. And uh, uh, we won't talk about the... Uh, the, the people that were seduced into going out and working these places under the guise of, you know, uh, idyllic, you know, uh, uh, Pacific paradises where they would be making very good wages <laughs> and basically yeah. finding out that they were essentially doing slave or prison labor, you know, without, without, with, on basically uh, desert, not deserted, desert islands. So, yeah. Anyways, mm. uh, stop complaining and keep shoveling. That's right. Keep, <laughs> keep swinging that pickaxe. You know, you're 15 Dig times away from going home. <laughs> so, so let me, can I, so one of the things that I was thinking was, is that, you know, what happens if, what happens to a group? If they're like, you're saying you leave this world and, and you go into another world, you're trying to find a home and you know, it's, it's survival, right? It, it's, it's, right. it's, you're either going to live or die and you go to a world and it doesn't fit your need, but, um, but you, you know, you're of a higher tech level and it could suit your needs depending on how ruthless you are. You know, how do you deal with that? What happens? I mean, like, do, I mean, you know, it, it's you or them, right? Like, and then, and then you as like, if you're, if you're playing in that campaign and you're trying to play good people and it's like, Imagine how complex that could be if you wanted to run a campaign like that, like where you're, you don't want your people to die, but you also are not comfortable with, you know, uh, displacing these other people. But, I don't think you necessarily have to dis. It depends. I mean, of course it depends, but you right. don't necessarily have to displace. You could uplift. Yeah, yeah. But what if they're resistant? What if for religious reasons? I'm just saying. I'm just yeah. trying to put out there. Yeah. What if you run into a situation? It's like, I mean, those are things you have to consider, and it would be interesting if you put the players in a in a in a position where they have say like where they they can influence what's going to happen and you put them in a conundrum where there is this there is this um situation where you know it's it's we have to either save our people or or you know it's either us or them but there is a middle ground somewhere but the players have to figure that out yeah. i mean that could be a whole campaign where you're trying to like um you're trying to figure that situation out. Like, like how can I, how can we do this so that we don't have to wipe them out, but we also don't die? Can we have Florida? It depends <laughs> an awful lot on the culture you're coming from. If yeah. they have this this concept of manifest destiny, or 
um, you know, it, you know, we're saving their souls by uh, dominating them and destroying their culture. Then there's been lots of people who've been more than happy to do so, knowing that you know, it, ultimately, you're doing them a favor. Mm -hmm. You know, and, uh, and and unbelievably terrible things have happened in history for those very righteous reasons. Hey, Bruce, the, the, the path to all horrible things starts with good intentions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, certain road, yeah. Certain I mean, road I've seen a lot location. of overreaching greed do it, too. Yes. Well, I'm just saying, yeah. I'm just saying that there's people cannot, people can't do evil quite as well when, unless they think they're doing the right thing. Oh, like, yeah. It, it certainly it's helps so you much easier the, for people that dark to do night evil. Of the soul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sooner or later, you're going to go and ask yourself, you know, is, was it really worth it? Did I really have to do it this way? And, right. and if you have some kind of, you know, uh, religious reason, it, it, it really helps you feel better about yourself. Right. Well, I'm just thinking about it. It's, it's very difficult to get people to do evil things if they know they're doing evil because people, I, I you know, what, we're a social being, right? So, like, right. to be a social being – you have to be kind of altruistic. Otherwise, we wouldn't have become a social being. We would have wiped ourselves out long ago. So I, th I think there is a natural altruism in the human race just because we wouldn't have survived if there wasn't. So I, th I would think that you would have to make people – not make them think, but they would have to think. Like, like it may be organic, but they think that they're doing the right thing to get them to do something really, truly evil. Well, what's the saying? Like every villain is the hero of their own story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Right. But I think it has to be that way. I don't. I don't. Honestly, I really don't think you can get people to go like we're going to do something very evil. Yay! Well, they don't think of I it just, as being evil. Okay? Right. Exactly. Right. Well, that's the point. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. uh, and, and let me give you an example of this. All right. You know, I read a a a a, a book, a really good book about the um, uh, Russian uh, exploration of. Um, Canada and America, the the West uh -huh. Coast, and you know you start off with you know a somewhat noble family, you know, not way up the top, but somewhere in there, and they've got these kids, and these kids need jobs, they need something to do with their life. The first one inherits the land, the second one becomes a priest. Talking the boys, by the way, you know, I mean the mm -hmm. girls get married, you know, hopefully, that's their well, job. hopefully well, that's their job. Okay. Uh, though not necessarily is, is, is the story. The third one has to, you know, has to find something else to do. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and a, uh, a lot of times it's go in the military. All mm -hmm. right. Now, if you go into the, so let's start, stop there because there's a few more possibilities. You go in the military. How are you going to uh, distinguish yourself? How are you going to get yourself, bring up, yep. you just can't put in your 20 years I mean, lots of people do, but, you know, you can't just put in your 20 years and say, I was a success or I gave honor to my family or things like that. No, you've got to do things that's going to impress, you know, the hires up and also, you know, to the benefit of your country and things like that. Well, countries mostly uh, uh, are, feel themselves benefited when their military enlarges the country. Yeah. So the number one way for you as a military person to not only better yourself, but also your country is by attacking somebody next door and taking their territory. And right. you can say, oh, well, it used to be our territory until you took it from us. So I'm just taking it back. OK, mm -hmm. or not. I mean, the point still is, is that by doing that, that's a righteous cause. You're a good person for doing that, even though you are slaughtering people. Even though you're killing your own countrymen in the attempt, you know, the point still is, is it is a good cause and therefore everything's fine for doing that. And that's the history of the world here. And it often it often helps if we dehumanize that person that we are messing with, that, you know, just that's, oh, yeah. that's the belittling best. them somehow in some way. Oh, they're not quite human. We can do that. Yes, you know? that's, that's really super, you know, but in the case of the uh, uh, of the Russians, they really couldn't. They were just really their next door neighbors. So right. <laughs> just they just said, we're just taking your land, you know, and uh, 
you know, and if you if if you did a good job, then you got promoted. If later on, after you got promoted, they took the land back, you're still promoted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Somebody else's problem. You go on yeah. and do other things. So, um, anyways, the, the the point is is that those people, even though they were doing things that by modern standards we would say, well, that's evil. Imperialism is evil. You're just killing people to grab their land and things like that. They would be like, it's perfectly fine. You know, it's, it's, you know, we're, you know, it's good for the country. God, you know, God has blessed us. Therefore we get to take more land. You know, if we win, that's, that's God's favor. Right. I mean, it's like, and, you and, know, you know and, to, and to roll this back in, you know, like to, to, you know, tie the bow on this for our discussion, you know, those are the things you're going to have to consider if, you know, you're doing a campaign that is not, you know, Earth Prime and you're, you're, you know, your people are having to go somewhere else. These are all things you have to consider. Um, they're, all, they're all very real. You know, they're very real world things. It's not going to be like you're just going to show up at some world with, you know, 300 million people and they're going to go, yeah, sure. Come on in. Let's oh, kumbaya. You know, it's just that's just not realistic. Well, that was the whole thing at the end of Portals 4 with the whole tower and the Termellern coming in. Oh yeah, we're coming with these 70 million refugees and all oh, here's all these other races too. And that was one of the the three options. What was it? You all share the planet. Okay, spoiler you, for anyone who hasn't read Portal 4. Yeah, Portal's 4, yeah. Right. Um although it's been out now what? It is, yeah. Yeah. Well, once something's been out enough years, it's no yeah, spoiler. I think it's been out at least 5 years at this point. Yeah. yeah. You don't get yeah. So, you got the other option where yeah, all these races come but the Termellern just all of a sudden put humans as a second level citizen on their own world because well, they're humans. They're still they've made great advances. It's cute. They're still primitive and so we have to help foster and uplift them. And then the third option was just, no, leave the lever down. Don't pull it up. We're not dealing with this. We got seven, eight billion people on this planet. We don't need another 20 billion other alien races there consuming oh, yeah. our resources. So, yeah, that. Hey, Trev, God forbid if the world that you're coming from, you know, you're going to another world. And the world you're coming from is a Demixie world. <laughs> oh. you, imagine, you know, several million spiders come crawling Ooh. through the freaking yeah. portal. Hey, you oh, with, even, oh, you know, oh, all we needed was two, like and this. all of a sudden we have several million spiders. Yeah, yeah. Well, we need Jay mm -hmm. Haley here, right? For, for yeah, the... because yeah. Well, no, he did the key act too. He's, I think John. Sick, yes. So I wish so that Jay Haley was here. I, I keep asking him back. We miss him. Yeah, yeah we, we do miss him. But um, yeah, that was the thing. As soon as you talked about displacing people i'm like where did rich right oh yeah the portals with with the big thing in south dakota here on south dakota. <laughs> yeah and a perfect example that because of termellon i mean in the end because of everything you know they became refugees and had to do this mm -hmm. they, heck they lost the continent on their world because of everything so mm -hmm. they you know that's probably the biggest and there's a term for diaspora thank you yeah oh yeah i mean Theirs is probably the biggest diaspora I've ever heard of in fiction because they had they spread across the multiverse. You know they you know they just had to go everywhere just to escape and then. Well, let me, I, so let's take us back to the original the original discussion. Your your non prime travelers Earth Prime based campaign. Yep, you're yeah. you're not you're not that you're something else and you're out traveling the French past and let's say you, let's say you lose your original world. Let let just for sake of argument. I mean, it doesn't have to be this way, but let's say you did. What's your purpose? Like, let's say you've realized, oh crap, I can't get back home, right? So that that's no longer your purpose. What do you do with these characters? I mean, like, what what is what becomes your goal at that point? Like, what what is the, um, is there an end game? Is, is, it, is it basically, oh, I'm just going to explore? I mean, that's great for a role-playing game. And actually, you know, that's a, that's a perfect set for a role-playing game. It's like, I have no home, so I have nowhere to go. And I have no family, so I don't have to worry about checking in. And now they're already, you know, messing with them. So I could just go on adventures and, you know, and, and you know, just do cool stuff. Um, but but from a realistic, from a from a, uh, you know, a human standpoint, what does a a person do in that situation when they're like, I have, you know, my home is gone. Where I just forget about that. It's gone. And I'm in this place where I can go anywhere I want to go. Uh, I can't control that, though. I don't I don't know where I'm going because I'm wherever I wind up. Um, do you. Do you look for a place you can, I mean, like realistically, would a person look for a place to settle down? Would they look to adventure? I mean, I guess it would be based on age. Like maybe I'll, I'll adventure until I find something I like and settle down. I mean, what do you guys think? Um, well, what, oh, what go ahead, Jonathan. Okay, well, basically, you know, it's going to be depending on that person. 
there are a lot of people that they realize everything and everyone except for, let's say it's a select few go through the portal. There are a lot of people who are just going to psychologically shut down. They may go catatonic. They may just snap. And because they've realized everything I love and have ever known is gone and I'm stuck in a strange place with oftentimes people I don't know. There will be those who rise to the occasion and just survival will kick in. We need to find a place to survive. We need to find a way to get food, water, shelter, uh, weapons if need be for self-defense. They're going to be the people. It, it's going to become a pack mentality. Right. But be what's some the long game? Gonna... That's what he's asking. As I said, survival. So, but I mean, if you want to survive, are you therefore going to just go and try to find a world of the same tech level and just anyone that fits is fine? Or do you have any, do you have greater concerns? I think for most, and realistically, most people who found that self in that situation, that's what they would do. They would just find a world of similar tech level and maybe similar culture and just, this is my new life. But that doesn't necessarily make for a fun RPG campaign. Right. So, yeah. If I'm going to do it, if I've lost my world, okay, it depends on a couple of things. One is, am I by myself? Or am I with a group? If I'm by myself, I might very well try to find as many parallel Earths that I can find and find myself who's living a perfectly fine life with no problems and kill that sucker because I have really (laughs) suffered and you don't deserve the good things that you've got. That is a perfectly valid reason to go long game. That's all I'm going to do the rest of my life. I'm just going to hunt out my doubles and kill them off. All right. Oh we got God. we got Jet Li from the one over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, right. Okay. Second possibility. There can only be one Bruce Shepard. That's right. That's right. You <laughs> you know, I know who I am. Who are all you zombies? <laughs> all right. Uh, second possibility. I love the love of my I lost the love of my life. She wasn't fringeworthy. I can't go back. She's gone. I'm going to spend the rest of my life finding her double and wooing her. Sometimes abducting her. But doggone it, I'm gonna get her <laughs> or back. Or you may you you may end up having to kill the other you anyways to get to her. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't deserve her. Not as much as I do. And besides How many which worlds he, they besides which he's just a, he you, know, you say he's just a shadow of me. You know, I'm the real one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's I mean people are going to individuals are going to have their own personal goals and it would be really great to put some that at the very beginning to set that up as your in part of your backstory to say as I'm out there this is what I'm really looking for. Okay, I won't be happy. I won't be willing to settle down until I find this. Okay? And you know that that could be part of your backstory and, and part of your motivation. Okay, um, but if you're in a group, then it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit more complex. You're gonna have to say, you know, what you know, are can you come to a compromise on this sort of thing? You know, uh, it, especially if some of the group are like, I'm perfectly fine with living on this. You know, uh, I know how to farm, so I'm perfectly fine living on this this world that has good fertile soil. You know, I don't care if it's the 1500s. I'll be fine. You know, I'm a I'm a woodsman from way back, and the rest of you are like. Uh, my, I need to charge my phone here. Yeah, so, <laughs> you so, city slickers. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't don't be giving me that rough. You know, woodsman, whatever. What are you going to do when you run out of tobacco? <laughs> I, yeah. I got to tell you, you know, there, there's this, um, there's this. Uh, I, I'm I'm a very dual natured person. Like I have this, I have this life that I live that I that I that I truly enjoy. You know, I've got a family and a house and a job and a career and all that kind of stuff. I, I live a very I mean, for the most part, I live a very normal life. Um, but there is this side of me that that realizes that, um, and this this probably comes from my you know overthinking nature. Um, but I, I realize that it's it's all crap. You know, it's like it, that that at the end of the day there's going to be a day where I die and I, and I personally don't believe that there's any afterlife or anything. So I, 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 I have this, what I call happiness through nihilism. It's that I know there's nothing else and that this is all, you know, life is all like what I make of it. And when I say, I know, I know for me. So I'm not trying to make, I'm not trying to say I know for other people or I'm, I'm not trying to be dogmatic in that. I know when you guys are all wrong. I'm just saying what I know is what I know for me. 
Um, so I, I just, I just have this assumption that, that this is it, you know, it's like, and when I die, that's it. And you know, worms eat me. Um, so there's also this other side of me that's just like, you know, if I was an adventure, I was in a role playing situation where I was like, you know, able to adventure to different worlds and everything, you know, I wouldn't worry about this whole like family and one love and all that. I would just want to go see everything I could see until the day I die. Like I'd want to see all the new and crazy and and everything that the French Pass offers because I mean it it doesn't just offer like you know like like well this is how this developed and this is how this could have developed. There's others like this is how something could have couldn't have developed. You know you go to this world where you know the, the science and the and the and the, the, the laws of nature are, are are aren't what we experience in our world. So you can you can actually see things that that can't exist. I would just want to go and see all of that I could until something killed me or I died of natural causes or well, that's the causes. thing. See, you go through the portals enough and you get that twenty times yeah. Added well, here's your the lifespan. Th- you're realizing, wait a minute, I've been doing this stuff for a hundred years yeah, and yeah, I've but, aged maybe but here's five. The, <laughs> here's the beautiful thing about that, Trev, in that. I don't know how you guys how you guys see life, but you know, as we've gotten older, and I know Trav and and, and um, uh, Bruce, I know you guys are at least somewhat close to my age. I know we're all very we're pretty close in age. You know, you start to get bored with things. Like you know, you've done all these things. Like and like there are things that just don't excite you anymore because you've just done them so many times. Like on we yeah. Yeah. World awareness. Yeah. And and it, and it's like at some point I, I, just, I have this belief that at some point, you know, when you get when people get into their 90s or they get like in like 100 years old and they say, hey, I'm ready to die. And you're like, how could you be ready to die? It's like, well, because I'm I'm bored. I've done everything that I want to do. Like nothing excites me anymore. Like I'm ready to go. And I believe that. I totally get it. I, I, I'm like, you know, by the time I'm 100, I, I think I'm going to be ready to go, too. However, if you're on the French pass and you're seeing new stuff all the time and I mean stuff that you couldn't possibly see anywhere else. You probably wouldn't get bored. And that living longer would be cool. Like, it would be awesome. Like, if you lived to be 200, 300 years old, you still wouldn't be bored because you'd still be seeing things that are just amazing. So you'd still be excited about life, right? I mean, is, you yeah, guys agree? Yeah, yeah, I see the logic in that. Yes, yes. I think the other thing is I see is, uh, for me, it would it would be playing the long game. Like, I would probably... If I was by myself, I would probably find an alternate that was maybe a little bit back in time and just start playing social engineer. Ah. Ooh, what's up, Machiavellian? Exactly. It would be, hmm, you know what? Let's see what happens if this certain person doesn't ever get in political office. Oh, look at that. Ooh, let's play around with some more. Okay, how about... You want to experiment with humans. I love it. Exactly. If you again, if you're if you're able to traverse the French path to number one, you can. I mean, there is your anthropological study right there. You just walk around and you see what's worked on some worlds, what's not worked on others. You bring them back to this your little playground and you start tweaking. Maybe you introduce some technology a little bit earlier than usual. Maybe you arrange for a small disaster over here to see how. Uh, the ripple effects of that disaster affect the the society as a whole. It, it, I guess that's the thing. Like, yeah, if I've got again being fringeworthy and having a much longer lifespan, uh, yeah, I'm going to be doing something to, to pass the time. Because yeah, uh, just, just sitting well, around I, and surviving. I, I, know, it. I notice that, and this is a convention that goes on with people who become long lived. And I and I do this in my Thursday game when I have the the NPC Tremella engineer who's lived thirty five hundred years. Because remember, the Termeller not only travel the fringe paths constantly, they also have had anti-geriatric treatments to beat the band. They're effectively immortal. It, it's through misfortune or accident that they're going to die. Your morality changes. I don't see you getting, you know, because Jonathan's saying some stuff here that could have some serious consequences. I would see that down the line where your morality gets really gray. You just like, yeah, after a while, it's going to be like, yeah, if this person doesn't get into politics, no. What if they, you know, we cut their brake lines or something, you know, just said you could get really just messed up with your morality if you're out there. One, two, three, five hundred, six hundred years on the fringe paths, bopping from world to world and finding these parallels. Oh, okay, it's this one. 
well, well, let's see what happens if this person did. And you go about, yeah. I mean, yeah, it but, could get really Trav, man, you're on, you're on the fringe pass. You're, you are finding, like, vampires and stuff, too. Like, you're, you're finding crazy stuff out there. Oh, yeah, like you said, some of the laws of science and nature don't work, i.e. magic, yeah. Right. Oh, no, no. So, I mean, if you were to go Jonathan's route of, okay, let's social engineer in these worlds just to see if we add or take away this factor, how would it change? Yeah, that, that, as, as I was saying, it could get pretty dark. But if you're going out, what, what is it, Bruce, that you put in that fringe for the D20 that you're looking for? Low-hanging fruit and spectacle, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, I love that term. Um, yeah, then you... You would never get bored on the fringe paths. I would. I, I concur wholeheartedly. And just there's so much to do. It would just depend on the person. After you reconcile the fact that you could never go home and almost everything you know is gone, you know, you're going to go, okay, first survival. I need to find out how to survive out here. Then once you realize, okay, I can get fruit here. I can get water here. Okay, now let's check around. You're walking around this new world eating an apple, you know. Like, oh, okay, it's like this and this, all right, and, you know, and, you just and, fall into whatever, you know. And this totally ties back to the to the original subject matter in that um, if you're with IDET or Unida, right, Earth Prime, yeah, you're not running into a lot of this because you're with an organization who is carefully mapping everything out. You know, they're like, it's like a very controlled place, and unless you do something stupid, right, you know where your home is, you're going to come back. You can always retire back to your to a family, and you know you're not you're not thinking about any of this stuff for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. You only think about this stuff, like all the stuff we've been talking about tonight. If you're not from that environment, yeah, oh, you know, yeah. like like yeah. this is all stuff that that doesn't occur to characters outside, you know, within the the fringeworthy setting, right? Because right. because when you're when you're done your career, you're not like. Oh, gee, I wonder if I'm going to go and do this and do that. No, you're going to travel the French page, you're going to explore, blah, 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 have a great life, retire your career, go back to home, settle down with a family, maybe on Earth Prime, maybe on another world that you discovered or whatever. But it's not like you're out of control and trying to figure stuff out like that. You're, it's like you're, you're part of Starfleet in a way, you know? Yeah. I'm going to yeah. travel the universe and go see things. And then one day I'll settle down and retire my career. But if you're like, you're, you know, you're like coming from somewhere else, you know, nine times out of 10, you're going to get lost. Cause for one, you have no reference. You don't even know to keep track of things. Like you don't even know that when you get on the fringe paths, you can get lost as easily as you can. You have no idea yeah. that when you go down a couple pathways, you're gonna be like, Oh crap, these are all the same. Whoa. Wait a minute. Did we come down two or three? Oh crap. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Did, did we go, did we go through that one or the other one? Yeah. You wake up, you camp out on a platform, you wake up and you're like, Oh crap! Did we sleep with our head that way or that way? Oh, half of us slept with our head this way, and half of us. Do we go yeah. left or right? Which way is left? Yeah, I and then you have the fringe the weather that can pick you yeah. up and move you around, and yeah, right. Or, or yeah, you hit a fringe storm where you run, you run helter skelter out some door. Which door you run out? I don't know. What was it marked with? Nothing. <laughs> and you can't. And here's the thing: you're going to find out as you're going on the fringe paths. You can't like, oh, I have this can of spray paint. I'll spray paint this yeah. portal so we could and, and the fringe cleaning system wipes it out and you come back and there's no mark there. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. If you're not coming from a an organization that's already done the painstaking, you're not coming from something that's organized. It, it's just like if you walk into the woods where there's no roads, no paths, no nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't know that you're walking into that situation. You walk out into the woods for a couple hours, and then you're like, uh-oh, which way do I go? Yeah, and also you can't just rely on sense of direction, you know, yeah. like, oh, you this have no, way's north. No. And you have no compass because even if you did, on the French path, the compass wouldn't work, right? Because like, right. you, you no, literally have there's no, no – There's no magnetics. <laughs> right. Yeah. And every tree looks the same, and they're all uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sure. Most people, after a while, they would just find the nearest world and try to settle down there just because, well, I don't know where else to go. So a lot of times they wouldn't have choice in the matter if they get that mixed up, that loss. They'd just be like, yeah, (laughs) I'm staying here. Okay, it's the 1500s. I can speak the language, but I don't know the customs. At least I'm not wandering around on those metal pathways. Yeah, this is home now. They uh, or they are. Or they're traveling around and say, well, I'll just keep traveling until I find something I like, until they hit something really bad, which usually doesn't take very long on Frenchworthy. Oh, yeah. They hit something really bad, and they're just like, you know what? I'm going to settle for the next place that I don't die in. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Until a threat comes up and you leave, and okay, we're going to try this again. We're going to find the next place that we don't die in, 
and yeah. we're going to stay there. Oh, great. The Black Death is coming. All right, next place. Mm. Off we go. <laughs> well, see, with the Black Death, you just go through the portal and it cleans you of disease. So, you know. If you know that, how would yeah. you know that? Right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. If you're on your own, you don't have that whole scientific base. You don't have yeah. any of that. Well, I can imagine that, you know, if you explore the fringe paths long enough, then you'd be in that in that situation more than once. You're sick, I you're assume, dying, yeah. people are trying to capture you, kill you, and burn your bodies. You know where the fringe portal is. It's the best place to get away. You go through the portal, you know, collapse. A few hours later, you're feeling surprisingly better. Yeah. And, well, you, gotta, you know, I mean, you if, remember you, this. if you survive that a couple of times, I think you'll clue in. You'll put two and two together, yeah. Yeah, but you got to remember, it's, it's it's just like the it's just like the cavemen, just like the animal world. That's fine so long as you survive it and you realize it, yeah. right? Well, what, sure. What the what the folks from Earth Prime have is they have teams of people that have been doing this and documenting it and doing it in the scientific method and dying so, and and dying. Yeah, they're losing people, right? So you're right. benefiting from all these other people who've died. If you're out there on your own, like you only have to you only have to screw up once. Yeah. That's it, right? You have to get it right every single time. It's like it's like criminals, right? The law can screw up multiple times. Criminal only can only screw up once. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and that's where you are. So yeah, so I'm just saying, yeah, you you probably you're probably right. You probably would at some point just go, "You know what? This isn't the ideal world, but I'm not I don't see me dying here tomorrow." So I think I'm going to stick around. I think I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Get yeah, a first French storm that hits you and almost blows you off into space. Hey, like, look, that portal looks nice and comforting. Yeah, I, think mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to hang out there. <laughs> All right. Well, do we, so do we have anything else? I was going to say, we're, we're almost hitting the uh, two-hour mark. So is it yeah. any other ideas, anything else anybody wants to bring up? Nope. I, uh, I was finished I'm about good. 15 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess I'll say thank you for joining us on this episode of... Fringeworthy without I debt in North Prime. Uh, uh, it's it's you... called Gaming on the Frontier, Jonathan. <laughs> I was talking about this particular episode. Oh, oh, sorry, of sorry. Oh. My bad. My bad. <laughs> this particular episode of Gaming on the Frontier without Earth Prime. Uh, um, thanks to all, uh, Blix. Yeah, real, yeah, uh, yeah. Blix, thank you for for getting on here. And as I said, we planned this about a month ago when he was here yeah. at my place or my show and just, Oh yeah, we got to do this. We're going to surprise the heck out of him. Yeah. Great. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, who to have come back. I, I was doing, um, you know, I was doing some other podcasting for a long time and I got burned. I totally got burned out. I haven't been doing any podcasting at all. Like, except for, but a couple appearances I've made on other people's shows here and there. But I basically just like really burned myself out. It was just too much. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to come back. I love, I mean, I love doing this kind of stuff. I love doing podcasts. I love, you know, I love to talk, as you can tell, if you listen to this episode. Um, maybe a little too much. But, uh, but yeah, thanks for having me back on. It'd be awesome. Maybe I, I'd, I'd like to come on from time to time. You're welcome to come back anytime. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah God, awesome. yes. So just let us know. <laughs> Cool, or cool. just hop in, you know, just, you know, you can just, just jump on <laughs> every two weeks, yeah. you know, just simply, yeah, uh, yeah. We, we can add you to the list. It'll constantly ping you. And then yes, just, that's why like we have this one guy who's still on the list. <laughs> right. yeah. He's the one who did the, um, uh, the psychological, he was using gaming in his, uh, uh, in his, uh, so, uh not psychiatry. Um, oh, the geek therapist, PT Gross. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right. He yeah. still gets pinged every time we start this. I think oh, that's cool. So very good. Oh so, yeah. All right. Well, and also thanks to uh, the listeners. And again, also let us know uh, what of the what are these ideas called out to you, and do you have your own ideas? Share them on the uh, the Facebook group. Uh, fans of Gaming on the Frontier and uh, fringeworthy RPG fans everywhere. Mm -hmm. And look, hey, I know this from running podcasts. You know, uh, one thing that, 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 you know, a podcast host loves to hear, they love to hear from you. So if you think, oh, well, they don't want to, whatever, yes, we do. We want to hear from you. Like, oh, yeah, always. Everybody, please, please yeah. let us know it's relevant. We do a lot of work. Yeah. We spend a lot of time on this stuff. Yeah. Um, we love fan interaction. We love to just know that we're making a difference to anyone. Right. So if you have anything, even if it's just to say, hey, I heard your episode, it was great. You have no idea how much that, that colors our day. Oh yeah, and if you're not, if you're worrying whether or not you know we're, uh, you know, this is a podcast worth worth your effort. 
We just passed 100,000 downloads. Ooh. Or no, I, I checked 120,000 now. Nice. I checked that today, went on the site. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, 100,000. We did that like last year, I noticed. Well, you that, Bruce Pod, was... Podbean decides suddenly to start telling us about things like that. Again? Hey, yeah. <laughs> hey, also, like, if you have any ideas, like, we're all, you know, because we, you know, I know doing this show for the first, I don't know, how many, was first seven years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're always looking for ideas, right? There's always like, because we want to talk about stuff, but we want to talk about stuff that you want to hear about. Like, it's the, we're not just talking for us to talk. It's not 99% of what we do is not for us. It's 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 for you all. Yeah. We're not a so radio like, guy who has the talking sickness. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we want to talk about stuff that you want to hear about. So please, if you have something that you have a question about or you want to hear about, and honestly, anytime someone's like, hey, I want to hear about this, your name will get mentioned if you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so please chime in and say, hey, you know, I, I'm not even sure. Why should I Why should I even, like, try Fringeworthy? We'll dedicate a whole show to why should you try Fringeworthy. Oh, yeah. And then, like, whatever. All right. Well, thanks again. And uh, be sure to tune in next week for more interesting tales of gaming on the frontier. And, Bruce, did you have anything else? Until then. Until then. This is Bruce Sheffer saying... There are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.